are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Happy Tuesday, everyone. Thanks for keeping it locked on Wildcats. I hope you guys all enjoyed your 4th of July weekend. I know I did. Uh, actually got to hang out with John Schuster uh, this past weekend. Came over, had a little bit of a party, and uh, you know what? Uh, hope you guys all were able to stay safe out there. I know Bruno the dog is sitting right here, and he's happy 4th of July is over. I uh, wasn't a big fan of the fireworks yesterday, so currently in the corner now looking for stuff. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, actually looking There's for a pizza. leftover pizza box yeah, right now. That, but, we actually uh, need to get that. that. Do I? All right, yeah. all right. You keep talking like the pro oh, that you are. For sure, and yes, I'll, exactly. Uh, oh, oh, what you should do is run play-by-play on me trying to get the, uh, to get, the, to get the pizza So we've got John Schuster who's going over right now trying to get the pizza box from Bruno, and he's been successful. So we're going to break – we're going to break down in this episode, we're going to break down the Chip Hale hire. Then we're going to talk a little bit of Phoenix Suns. Basically, everything under the moon that you could possibly be looking for. Oh, wow. All under right. the moon and yeah. under the suns. So, I'm back from here, my... Uh, so here's my take. Hi, Bruno. Well done. Well done. Here's Way to my, not eat party pizza. Here's my take on the Chip Hale hire. In that it's not the hire that I would have made. I think that I would have gone for somebody that is has... It's been a that has been a college baseball coach. I think you look around, and I think you need to be able to recruit. I think the game is different, and that's generally where people go. You know, when LSU wanted to coach, they didn't go to the major leagues. They got Jay Johnson, Jay from Reno. They got, uh, <laughs> but you know, at the end of the day, though, I'm not going to sit here and say that this is going to be a disastrous hire because the more I look at it, I don't know that it's going to be a disastrous hire. Now, it's the initial the initial reviews by fans are. Not good, but, you know... Okay, why not? What are they saying? Well, basically that, you know, uh, that Chip Hale was a terrible major league manager, that um, that this is a guy that, you know, when he was with the Diamondbacks, I think the Diamondbacks stint really uh, rubbed people uh, the wrong way. Yeah. You're a much bigger baseball fan than I am, so you could maybe speak to that a little bit. They were about 30 games below 500 in the two years And they got progressively there. worse as he was there, so... That is sometimes difficult the way that Major League Baseball is laid out to blame entirely on the manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a lot of ownership and what kind of players you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, that's not excusing the manager in that position there's a lot of what you need to do to improve keeping the locker room uh dynamic together typical coaching stuff at the major Mm -hmm. you know at a professional level it's largely it's similar you know it's similar in major league baseball as it would be in the nba and some other professions as well it's a different it's a different style of coaching based on the players that you have but that stint obviously didn't go well the other one that i thought was interesting as far one of the things that's obvious about Chip Hale, he moves around a lot. Mm-hmm. He's it, it, it so either he's trying to get promoted and get a managerial gig, or he wears himself out really quickly. And the latter, I think, is the problem. And that I think a that's lot of Arizona cons- fans I think that's have a concern, concern for. Right. It. Yeah, uh, the there, there was another. Uh, but but if you look at his resume, a lot of the moves that he made are logical stepping stone moves. One of the ones that and. And after he left the D-backs or got ousted from the D-backs, he went back to the A's where he had been before. Mm-hmm. So maybe the A's say, we don't think he was that bad of a We don't think he was a locker room cancer. Right. We don't think he was a dugout cancer. Maybe that's not so bad. So, so, so that's one that you could justify 
a little bit. The one that I thought was weird was when he was the de facto manager in Game 6 of the World Series and then took the third base coach job at the Detroit Tigers the following season. On paper, that looks like it's a promotion. Third base coach is next in line for a managerial position. But if you were the de facto manager in Game 6 when Dave Martinez got boost booted in that game you're probably fairly high in the pecking order anyway Mm -hmm. and you're in a better program with the nationals than you are with the tigers right i'm wondering if and this would be another red flag if he saw the writing on the wall the tigers are terrible Mm -hmm. if maybe their management is saying you know we're we're about to make a change this ain't working uh and and hale said well you know what there's an opportunity here at the u of a Let let, let me try to work to get it and then we'll see uh, what happens. He is a name. There are positives here. Mm-hmm. He's definitely he, he definitely has name recognition. He's he's been a baseball guy for what thirty years now. It's not like he doesn't know the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so whether he can relate to younger players, whether he can keep them here, uh, utilize the strategies necessary to be successful, and obviously recruit them here, uh, obviously remains to be seen. And we may find out soon enough. I know there are some folks that I've gotten some feedback here, Mike, who have. Your, your sources, you've been working your sources behind the well, scenes. Well, you know, there, there are two guys in the state of Arizona that uh, work their sources. One is Jim Gambadoro up in uh, Phoenix at uh, KTAR. Nobody, and I mean nobody. nobody, nobody works his sources like Gambo does. And the first person to tell you that... It's Gambo. It's Gambo. And Gambo is never wrong. Never. And if he is wrong, something changed. It wasn't that he was wrong. Correct. I mean, nobody... And, and so utilizing him as an obvious idolizing figure i've worked my sources mm-hmm. in the in the community of uh, wildcat baseball fandom and now i don't remember oh yeah now, now i do remember this is a how how off color am i okay i won't use the term i was going to use this is a groupie hire mm-hmm. not by hickey but by president robbins really that he and this is what gambo's saying no 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 this no. isn't what gambo's saying this is what my sources well, are saying sources i'm going my saying. sources okay you know gambo sure. sources who yeah, are yeah. impeccable impeccable, right. impeccable are are so much you know really tied into all of it but my sources again trying to use the way that i idolize gambo and his ability to get sources Oh, folks, this is inside baseball. I apologize yes. for that. Uh, if, for, for, for the three people listening to this podcast mm-hmm. who listen also to the KTAR Sports. Correct, yes. Uh, and there's a crossover. And Gambo the, Venn, up there. the Venn diagram, the Venn diagram is really red in the They middle might understand there. what I'm yammering about here. Anyway, my sources, impeccable in their own right, my fan sources are concerned that this was a groupie hire. Mm-hmm. That Robbins, uh, President Robbins, who has gotten a lot of flack along with Dave Hickey for some of the ways that they have handled some of these decisions. And as you're aware, last week on the podcast that we had with Anthony Gimino, I was very, I was a defender of what they've done so far, what Hickey and Robbins have done so far. I think their hires, you could argue, at least at this stage, have been good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and obviously, since it's all new, the verdict is still out, and obviously time will uh, get us to see what's going on in that regard. But um, the thought process, to some degree, take it for what it's worth, maybe it's not worth a whole hell of a lot, mm-hmm. is that Robbins likes to surround himself with famous people, quote-unquote. And Chip Hale falls under the category of being the name guy who's a famous people, and so Robbins can uh, you know, rub elbows a little bit with the, uh, with the sports rich and famous. Mm-hmm. I don't... See here. Here's my here's my take on it, and I've 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 long stuck up for Dave to a certain extent. Dave, mm-hmm. um, your good pal Dave, yes. right? And I call him David. We're on a different. Yeah, yes. We have a different that, relationship. That is very true. Oh. That is very true. You know, when you're having a headache during the day, and you know what? Sometimes you're thinking David instead. <laughs> but uh, the one thing that I will say though is that 
yes, I do think that Robbins likes being the center of attention. I don't think that there's really any doubt about that. But I also don't know that he's maybe starstruck because, I mean, he is the president of a university. And Chip Hale is is a Major League Baseball player, yes. But let's be honest, in the grand scheme of things, Chip Hale was a fringe utility player at best that, you know, what kind of goes from side job to side job. He's a little bit like Jed Fish in that regard. And that when you look at his record, he's kind of everywhere for about a year or so. It does have a little bit of that... uh, it does have a little bit of that feel to it. I don't know if that's it more so than, you know what, I like making hires. I want to be the person that chooses that. I mean, and again, I'm just speaking with no inside information right here. I think in college baseball, and again, take this for what it's worth from my background when it comes to... Have you been tapping into your impeccable sources on this? <laughs> I've been... I've, uh, my impeccable sources have basically been Wikipedia hires over the last 20 years. It is fairly unusual... <laughs> in college baseball at a program that is a top 15 program in the nation. That just got out of the College World Series. That just made a College World Series appearance. A place that you can clearly win a national Mm -hmm. championship at, and you could consistently compete year in, maybe not year in, year out, but every other year. It is very unusual to go and get a guy that doesn't have any college baseball ties other than the fact that he played here 35 years ago. You just don't see that a ton. And, you know, that's not to say it doesn't work. But... I would, I think college baseball, at least from what I'm reading, and at least from what the sporting news article that I had pulled up also said, is that knowing the difference in recruiting in college baseball is much, much different than it is in college football. And that there's so much more legwork involved because there's just not the scouting that's done for you already. I can, in college basketball, I can pick up a a sheet of 150 kids and say, all right, well, these kids are probably good. Enough people have said they're good. I go check them out. I weed them out. There isn't a ton of that involved unless you have scout, you know, a connection with scouts, which maybe Chip Hale probably does, being that he is a Major League Baseball manager. Are we overcomplicating this? Probably. Is is the formula here or the philosophy here that this administration wants to go after people with Arizona ties? Mm -hmm. And that's the model that they're trying to put Yeah, but Jed Fish had no U of A ties. Uh, Tommy Lloyd had no U of A ties. If you wanted to go after somebody with just U of A ties, Damon Stoudemire would have been an easy hire to make because the community would have gotten behind it. Nobody, I mean, a lot of people, even though I think you and I both like the Tommy Lloyd hire, I think there was a collective kind of initially who? Whereas, and with Jed Fish, there's obviously nothing. And, you know, uh, I think... uh, you know, you had people beating the Ricky Hundley drum for the last 65 years as to be. So I don't know that there's necessarily a, a track record for that. Let me ask you this. Well, let, let's let's yeah, let's let, let's move. Let's suggest that baseball is a different animal from a financial and interest standpoint than men's basketball and football. It's probably mm-hmm. not a big stretch. So baseball is more like softball is more like women's basketball. Right. Maybe. The thought process is those are community sports, right? And community sports work better with an alumni connectivity mentality. Right. They work for Adia Barnes. Candrea had his uh, succession plan in place, and that was Caitlin Lowe. Right. Maybe that was the thought process, or maybe Chip Hale was just available, and they liked the way that he interviewed. Right. That that could be it. Let me ask you this: thumbs up, thumbs down. Before we go to break. 
I don't like those questions. Uh, you don't like those questions? I'll that ha- also shows you the show prep that went into this. You know, it. well, no, it just... You it were just, taken by surprise. No, no, no. It just means that I'm a patient gentleman, mm-hmm. as opposed to you who a patient, wants... You're a patient patriot. Yeah, I am. A, I am. When, when, when it comes... To, the patriotism that I follow is patience. And when it comes to coaching hires... I'm a very patient man. You are a patient man. Okay, so that still didn't answer the question. No, it didn't. Thumbs what do you think? I'm gonna go thumbs down, but again, take. Wow. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go thumbs down. I. I, I would. Yeah, it's a hot take, take, right take right there. Right here. Woo! Yeah. Man, it got right. warm in this well, room. Wow, it really did. We better turn that fan up. What do you got, Schuster? Oh, screw you. I'm going thumbs up. All right. Well, there you go. And one thing that we talked about though, with all the traveling that Chip Hale has done over the years, one thing that we can say is if he's traveling by car, he's probably utilizing RockAuto.com. If he is not utilizing rockauto.com because he strikes me as a guy that's got a bigger SUV or something like that where things can break down from time mm-hmm. to time, I would certainly imagine that uh, as some uh, media people are calling him out there, Chipper. Chipper. Is. Uh, that's quite a chipper name. He's probably, he's probably utilizing rockauto.com. Well, if he isn't, I'll help him out here. Mm-hmm. Other than the obvious that you just did, say, Chip Hale, go to rockauto.com. Mm-hmm. If. You need a little bit more assistance. I'm happy to forward you the newsletter from RockAuto.com that I get at the first of every month. As you should, and you know, I don't even get that newsletter. I, know, yeah. well, I guess when you're a, when you're a paid employee, well, so, you just haven't uh, tapped into your impeccable sources. So we're going to talk a lot of. Uh, we'll talk some more U of A baseball when we get more info from our sources working behind the scenes. But coming up next, why don't we talk a little bit of Phoenix Suns? And guess what? I just convinced Schuster that he's going to come over after the game tomorrow to have a, a post game podcast of the Phoenix Suns game. She sure didn't even know that until now. Keep it locked on, Wildcats. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke, joined by the great one, Mr. John K. Schuster. I was looking for great yes, ones. absolutely, wow, and thanks. I found it. All right, the moment is here. The moment has arrived. The Phoenix Suns are in the NBA Finals. Third time in franchise history. I don't know if you've heard the term, third time's the, the charm. charm. Yeah. Oh, my. But... Uh-huh. I looked at it initially, and I think a lot of this is because nobody really knows what the status for uh, uh, Giannis, I'm calling him Giannis here. What's his last name? What's the last name of the Greek gentleman? Yes, the Greek gentleman, the Greek freak. Yes, Mr. Freak. And um, Phoenix Suns are favored. Phoenix Suns have never been favored in NBA Finals. Wow. Nor should they have been. Nor should they have been. But... This, in a weird way, the Suns have always felt like a team of anti-destiny. Mm-hmm. And that when they are good, it's like, oh, something's going to happen. And even this year, it felt like it. Chris Paul, even though he's fully vaccinated, is going to get COVID. And he's not going to be able to play, even though he's fully vaccinated. So I'm kind of at the stage now where I'll believe the Suns lose when I see it. Man. Uh, yeah, where are you at? Uh, I don't know. Nationally... What I've been encountering from articles seems to be something like this. Well, the Suns are nice, but really they only beat the Lakers because they, you know, Anthony Davis was hurt. Mm-hmm. And really the Suns weren't as good as Denver, even though they swept Denver because Jamal Murray was hurt. Really, the Suns weren't as good as the Clippers. They lucked out because Kawhi Leonard wasn't hurt, but they're here. And now we think the gentleman from Greece is going to be healthy-ish, and if he is, then that's going to be a defensive difficulty for Phoenix, and sure, it's a nice story, but really, you got to fear the deer and the bucks are going to win. So even though the Suns seem to be favored in this series, a lot of the feedback I seem to be encountering suggests 
a lot of belief that Milwaukee is going to win this. Uh, uh, I think that Milwaukee would, without question, be the – if they're at full strength, I think they would be the favorite because the thing that always kind of stuck with me, and I, I love looking at odds, is that the Bucks, even when they got destroyed by Brooklyn in their first two games where before Kyrie Irving got hurt, um, they were still only like plus 380, which you very rarely see a team where you've got Kevin Durant, you've got a Kyrie Irving, and you've won each both games by – basically a combined 786 points, you generally don't see something of that effect where the odds don't get into like the plus 550 plus. So the the the, the betting fa- the betting folks in Vegas, and you could, I think, by extension say Vegas because they're the ones that still set the initial lines, like the Bucks a great deal. And right now the Phoenix Suns are favored, but I think that's a lot to do with the fact that you have no clue on what's going on with the best player in the series. And what's their line in the first game? Is it three and a half? Three and a half, Okay, correct. so if you're three, and this is the case in the NFL. I don't. It's you not know quite this, the same, but I know the where same, you're going. You know where I'm right, going, right? Sure. If you don't really know how the game's going to turn out, you just make it a three and a half point line mm-hmm. for the home team. For sure. So it's not entirely the same in the NBA, but there's uh, there seems to be a similarity. There's a little bit of a difference, but I and I do think that generally... The difference is... What, what have you encountered? I, I, I think generally, concerned? at least when, and I can speak, even though we like joking around a lot, I can I, I think I got a little bit more of a grasp on this, on if, whether the Chip Hale baseball player is a good one or not. But uh, the one thing I will say is that generally, if I don't know what a spread is, you're going to go with home, but it's not going to be quite that. It'll probably be minus two. Okay. So I think that what that line at least indicated to me was that, you know, the the Suns on a neutral court would be, the Suns on a neutral court, I think, would be favored, but not by not by a ton. Okay. I think that's what you're looking so at. So the right simple, now. obvious version here is if the gentleman from Greece is healthy, you like Milwaukee's chances. If the gentleman from Greece is not, the Suns have an obvious advantage. As the kids would say, don't get it twisted. <laughs> I uh, believe that uh, I, I, I would favor the Suns in this. I think with the way that the Suns have kind of mowed through teams, and I get that the Clippers got you to game six. There's no Kawhi Leonard. But the Suns... And I'll, I'll ask you this. What's one of the Suns' weaknesses? When you look at the Suns and you say, that's an avenue that I would attack. They sometimes uh, can be cold offensively, so you can attack them defensively. And what I mean by attacking them defensively, if you play good defense, they can go into long pockets mm-hmm. where their ability to score is problematic. Mm-hmm. And and that, I think, is going to be a key issue in this game and something that Milwaukee is going to focus on. But I think your overall point is good in that the Suns are a very well-rounded, very well-constructed team. They're probably going to need the wings, I think, to be a lot more consistent to be successful in this series, more so than it has been in some of the Western Conference matchups, especially if Milwaukee is at full strength. Mm -hmm. But as far as finding a direct weakness for the Suns, that is one. The other one that concerns me is that they really have one inside guy and it's Aiden. Mm-hmm. And the Bucks, again, if the gentleman from Greece is healthy, have two. Right. And then that means that Lopez, I think, is the key to this series. Mm-hmm. If Milwaukee is healthy, Lopez is the difference. Right. If the Suns can collectively rebound and help Aiton on the inside, then I think they can be in pretty good shape if Lopez has double-figure rebounding games and the gentleman from Greece does the same, then I think the Suns could be in some problems getting extra opportunities I think it, that maybe they need in a way that Milwaukee has a pretty good ability to play defense. And on I think I think uh, 
I think Aiton could be absolutely the deciding factor in this series because Aiton is the one guy. Aiton, there's very few guys in the NBA that are seven foot that kind of that have the athletic. And we've talked about this that have the athleticism that uh, DeAndre Aiton does. He's going to need to play 45 minutes a game in this series, especially if Giannis is out there and you have to have somebody at the rim. And I get that he's not a shot blocker, but to me, he's a little bit of a he's a shot deterrent. I think is a better a better way of putting it. Um, and if he is not out there, then you've got a seven foot man who work, runs and moves like a six foot two guy that I think can almost put his head down, and bully his way to the basket. So Aiton can't get into foul trouble. Aiton has to be impactful in this series. Will Aiton defend him? I think there's going to be times, and I'll tell you why. And I think this is we've, we and I talked about this a little bit before. Uh, it's uh, Giannis is an interesting player in the re, in the regard that he you very rarely see a he fashions himself a perimeter player. That's a rolling eye emoji if you guys didn't just see it right there. But uh, but be that as it may, he handles the ball a lot. He's got the ball. He's on the perimeter. I think this. I think a stats article I saw was something like sixty five percent of the time. It's very rare, though, and I couldn't even really think of one in basketball history where you have a guy who is a perimeter player who is not a plus shooter and is not a plus passer. I think that's a little bit easier to guard people like that. Well, well okay, all right. Then is Aiton defending him on the outside yes, or is somebody else I, defending I, I him on the outside? I think there will be time. No, I, I think that it's going to be your typical NBA thing where people take turns for the first 40 minutes of the game. But honestly... If he's in that game, I'm probably putting Aiton on him the last five, six minutes of the game. And unless he's shown that, man, all of a sudden he's making threes left and right, I'm taking my chances and I'm putting Aiton on him and I'm saying play a couple feet off of him. And you know what? If they win the NBA Finals with Giannis reigning threes Making 25-footers, right, then, then what are you going to do? There's nothing that you okay. can really do. But I will say this. even It's close to – it's close – to even money for the series. And what I would do is I would head on over to betonline.ag because at betonline.ag, you can get really good odds like you can anywhere. I'm not going to blow smoke, but what makes betonline.ag just a little bit different is that I can get the prop bets that everybody likes. So if you think that DeAndre Aiden's going to go for a combined 36, meaning points, rebounds, and assists, a lot of sites aren't going to offer that for you. BetOnline.ag will have you covered. And you know what? We're going to be back with you tomorrow. Schuster did, like I said, Schuster didn't even know he's going to be coming over to record an emergency podcast Ooh, after the emergency game. Emergency podcast. podcast. But you know what? I'm going to have the sirens on. But I said, the, pe- the people have spoke. We listen. And we will be back with you tomorrow. Keep it real, Locked On Wildcats.